Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play podcast, where today we're going to walk through a bevy of topics. We're going to start with taking a look at the NBA play-in game. Then we're going to cut over to the draft capital and what we expect to see through the draft. And lastly, we'll take a trip down memory lane and take a look at where we said these NBA teams would last. But first, let's let the beat build. Leo, breaking all this down for us, starting things out. Can't do it without you. Let's fire into the NBA. How are you doing? Anthony Davis is back. I'm happy watching the Lakers over the last month or two. You know, it hasn't been that exciting. Uh, it's always cool to watch the the young guys and the role players like Schroeder and Harrell and, and uh, KCP. You know, it's nice to watch them get to work, but having AD back, man, it's almost that time. It's almost that time. We're almost there. Yeah, uh, all NBA teams right now, well, look, the amount of players that you could have, the roster you could put together from the amount of players that have been injured this year is fucking crazy. I mean, if you take the players that are eliminated and not coming back this year, you're basically starting your team off with people like Clay Thompson and Jamal Murray. You have an incredible roster. The Lakers have been getting healthy like a lot of teams. Brooklyn hasn't played with their big three much. I think right now we're facing the doldrums of the NBA season. People are trying to get healthy, trying to get themselves towards the playoffs. We have a lot of teams that are getting healthy and making a run kind of higher than we thought. New York ending as the fourth seed right now. I mean, that's some nutty shit. Boston is the sixth. Atlanta is the fifth. And that's without Trey Young. Again, another injury. So we're seeing a lot of teams that are kind of coming together and making that run. And then on the other side, we're seeing a lot of teams kind of chill back and going, we know who we are, and we're going to be a top six seed, so we're not really worried, and that's a team for me like the Lakers right now. They're just kind of chilling. The injuries are kind of bumming me out a little bit because I feel like, especially over the last couple of weeks, we've had some pretty good national TV matchups, right, that get me excited. And yeah. then when I sit down on the couch and turn it on, it's like, oh, everyone is missing from this game. And anyone yep. that would make you want to watch this game is not playing. It, it, it kind of, you know, it throws rain on the parade a little bit because you get excited to watch those big-time matchups and then realize that the big-time players aren't playing and – you know, that's when you start, you know, you open your laptop and you might, you know, you might only be half watching the game. And that's the situation that I've been in lately. Yeah, I mean, we can run through the NBA real quick and just kind of touch on it, just the extent of these injuries and where we're at. Um, also, real bogus shit, the NBA fining teams for resting players. How are you going to start a season quick, bunch all the games up, run everyone through, and then when people rest their starters, find them? Just a real dog shit move by the NBA and kind of continuing the trend of like, are you watching the games? Like people are getting hurt. You know, I just think that's a real dog shit move by the NBA to be finding people for sitting healthy people. Of course they want to sit, man. People are getting hurt nonstop. 
Yeah, if you look at the top, even just looking at the Western Conference, looking at the top eight seeds, almost all of them have had some kind of major injury this season. The Jazz right now are playing without Donovan Mitchell. Uh, the Clippers have had, you know, little bouts of injuries with, with Kawhi and Paul George. The Nuggets just lost Jamal Murray. The Lakers don't have LeBron James. Dallas is dealing with KP every other week, you know, an injury over there. Uh, Portland went a while without C.J. McCollum. Memphis is just now getting their second best back, a player back in Jaron Jackson. Like every single team is dealing with something this year. Yeah, and let's run through it just real quick. I'm going to run through it just for solid area. Brooklyn has had times with Kyrie. That's not injury related, but let's just focus injury. KD, Harden have missed times. Philadelphia, Embiid, Simmons have missed time. Milwaukee's actually been okay. They did have a little bit of Giannis. New York's fine. Trey Young's missed time, still missing time. Boston, who hasn't had COVID or been hurt by that team? Miami, same thing. Who hasn't been hit with COVID? Lonzo Ball, uh, Lamelo Ball in Charlotte. Uh, Indiana has not played with their potential starting five a single time this year. And, and Washington struggled horribly in the beginning of the with COVID and seems to be rounding it out. In Utah, Donovan Mitchell's been missing time. Phoenix has been healthy. Paul George has missed time through Clippers. Jamal Murray's out for the Denver Nuggets. The Lakers have lost both uh, both LeBron and AD for long stretches of time. Dallas just lost Porzingis after just getting it back. Portland's Portland. They're hurt every year. Memphis has been okay. <laughs> San Antonio's been okay. Golden State lost Clay Thomas. Uh, Clay Thompson. When we run through that list, there are literally only four na- four teams out of the top sixteen teams in the NBA. Only four have really gotten through it, mostly unscathed. Being uh, Phoenix, you can kind of say Memphis, New York, and and really. That's kind of it. That's the only ones where you're like, oh, they haven't been, Milwaukee haven't been fucked over. So with that said, we're getting a play-in game this year. Now, I want to run through the play-in game rules real quick for people. Here's how it works. At the beginning of the play-in game, the seven and the eight seeds will play. They're going to play day one. Whoever wins that seven or eight game, they're the seventh seed. Now, at the same time, nine and ten are going to play. 9 and 10 will then turn around and play 8. So whoever, out of 9 and 10, whoever wins, that team moves to 10. Then they're going to play 8. And then that is going to create our um, one game. That's the kind of 8, the, the loser of 7, 8 is going to play the winner of 9 and 10. And then that winner goes on to be the 8th seed. So if you're the 7th or 8th seed, you basically have to lose two games in a row to get knocked down. Uh, If you're the ninth or 10th seed, you have to win two games in a row to move forward. So in the Eastern Conference, that matchup would be the initial matchup would be Miami versus Charlotte and then Indiana Uh versus Washington. Uh, Interesting matchups, interesting matchups in the West, though. You'd get Trailblazers, Grizzlies, and Spurs, Warriors. And I can guarantee you that everyone is praying that Steph Curry is not is not involved in the playoffs this year. Yeah, he's going to be. Because if you give a one game elimination, he's going to kill you. Like, it's going to be, you don't, uh, you know, let's, let's stick in the East first. Let's walk through this. Um, Miami, who has been doing, kind of been just really hurt this year, starting around a corner, uh, but nothing spectacular. They're tied with Boston. So we're actually going to see either Boston or Miami in, but for the sake of this conversation, let's talk Miami. Uh, Miami is then going to turn around and play Charlotte. I don't have any doubts that in a one-game elimination, Miami wins that. And and Indiana's so banged up. I really like Washington to go forward, my, my little wizards. Um, 
So yeah, really, they did what? come around, man. I mean, at the beginning yeah, of the year, it wasn't forever. good for you. You you predicted them to make the playoffs, and now they're gonna have a shot. It's gonna they're gonna have be a shot for you. I you know New York Knicks were the team that was the surprise team. It wasn't oh, Washington. A shocker in New York. Who I know. Seen that Holy coming? shit! Honestly, as much as Monty Williams and uh, and Quinn Snyder deserve those looks for Coach of the Year, I think you got to give Tibbs a look. I think you have yeah, to give let's, him a look. Let's park the car and talk about this. I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close. It has to be Tibbs. I don't give a fuck what Utah did. Are you kidding me? Congrats, Utah. You did. You did well. I, I, you're 44 and 16. Phoenix is 42 and 18. And again, you want to go, Monty? I, the star power in Utah and Phoenix that we we all expected Utah and Phoenix to make the playoffs. So oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So the New York being a fourth seed, we Wild. didn't even consider New York in the playoffs, really. No, I didn't. I, I did not so, for one second consider maybe that they could be in a playing scenario, but never that they would be hosting a, a series in the playoffs. Yeah, and so when I look at that, I go, what What are we – coach of the year goes to the coach that did the best job. If you take Tibbs off of New York, that team is not who they are today, period. End of discussion. No, they're the number and there's one also, defensive team in the NBA right now. Yep, and that's all Tibbs. And this team fights – Fights, fights, fights. They, we're talking about this team. People are talking about they're going to have the most improved player. They're going to have you know this. They're going to have that. They're going to definitely have coach of the year. Tom Thibodeau is the coach of the year. The New York media market has been dormant, dormant in the NBA for a long time. And also, let's just kid ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves. The Brooklyn Nets are the New Jersey Nets. They are not Brooklyn's team. They are not New York's team. The Knicks are New York's team. Get that out of your fucking head. The New York media is going to vote Tibbs in for that position 10 times out of 10. Not a single coach, in my opinion, in the stratosphere of what Tibbs is doing. 34 and 27. Big shout out to the former Laker, Julius Randle. My man, Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't need to explain to anyone what Julius Randle's been doing lately. If you've been watching NBA basketball, you've been seeing it. But on the season, he's averaging 24, 10, and 6. Like the man is putting the franchise on his back right now. I really hope that New York decides to open up those pockets and pay him in the off season. It is a contract year for him, so I know that that comes with some concerns. But pay Julius, man, give him his money. Ah, uh, look, uh, they're going to. That whole crew is going to get a nice little paycheck to play in New York. And look, what was Zion saying the other day? Zion's like, oh, man, the energy in New York. Like, oh, boy, New York is back in a big way. Um, that The Knicks being a four seed, that means they're going to get they're going to get Atlanta in the first round right now. That's hot. All right, let's 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 start the car back on the road. Um, Miami, Charlotte, Indiana, Washington. What is out of all of that? What's the matchup you want to see? Uh, I want. By any means necessary, I want the Hornets to make the playoffs only because the rumblings are that LaMelo Ball is going to be back here in the next couple weeks. He's been cleared for on-court activity. Uh, Right now, the Hornets have the eighth seed, and so... I know that Miami and Charlotte, uh, you know, that'd be the 7-8 matchup right now. I don't really, you know, for as a fan, I'd, I'm okay on Miami. You know, I would rather see the Hornets win it. They'd be the fresh team. You know, we haven't seen this team really in the playoffs yet. Uh, that's the team I would be looking for. I, I, 
Honestly, the only team in here that I have no fucking interest in seeing is Indiana. Yeah, no, uh, I'm good on them. I'm like, Edward, I, I was actually hopeful. A <laughs> you got days sleepy ago. there when you mentioned Indiana. Dude, fucking <laughs> Indy. I just, like, <laughs> that is a team I don't want to fucking see uh, in an elimination game because I just think they're boring as fuck. I was hopeful that Chicago could work themselves in and Indiana work themselves out. That is not happening. Toronto is entrenched in being a bad team. Um, the Wizards are moving their way up. Last 10 games, the Wizards are 9-1. and one. Um, So I really, for the East, it's not super exciting. I really want Miami to just smash Charlotte. And then I really want Washington versus Charlotte. That's like what, that would be the dream scenario for me. Miami beats Charlotte. Charlotte turns around. Because you could we could end up with a score that's like 125-130 with Charlotte and Washington. In a desperation game where both teams just shooting. And we could also get Russell Westbrook with the most inefficient game of his career. And I think that would be something special. Hey, leave my man Westbrook alone. I, I hope that the Washington Wizards make the playoffs only because it'd be interesting to see the Nets and KD go against Russ and Beal uh, oh, yeah. in, in that eighth seed. Yeah. So that's really what I'm hoping for. How, how, yeah, how can you not root for crazy stories like that? So I'm all the way in. Uh, any parting thoughts before we move over to the West? Uh, no, no. Again, I hope LaMelo Ball can come back soon and come back healthy. Uh, if yep. that's the case, then I'd like to see the Hornets in the playoffs. Uh, if that's not the case, you know, if he's not going to come back this year, then Washington and Miami are the teams I'd like to see get those spots. Over in the West, we have really, there are two people. Act, you know what? I'm going to give it to John. There are three people that I really want to see in a must-win single elimination game and a dame steph curry ja no order just give me i need i need some combo of them playing in every game i want to see dame versus i want to see portland versus memphis in a game where you really just need one guy to win you a game to move forward uh san antonio golden state might be the funniest game we ever watch uh, you will have uh, the you will have Demar Derozan leading the San Antonio Spurs. How they're even in this conversation? God bless. And then you have you know honestly, Popovich coach of the year. What are we doing here? Um, and then Golden State with Steph Curry. I mean, this is delicious. Walk me through what you're looking at. Um, this is the Steph Curry show, in my opinion. What he's been doing over the last month, he's averaging damn near forty a game. He just set the record for most three-pointers in a month in NBA history. He's still got two games to play this month. Already broke that record. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, really, in all scenarios, I'm looking at who's going to get, who's going to draw Steph Curry, and and can anyone stop Steph Curry when that when that ball goes up in those deciding games? That's really what I'm looking for. In that Spurs Warriors matchup, at least right now, it would be Spurs Warriors. Right now, they're only separated by a game or two. So, really, you know. Golden State could end up as high as maybe seventh uh, when everything's said and done if they can stay hot. But, uh, again, I'm looking to see who gets matched up with Steph and can anyone cool him down because I think in a winner-take-all type of scenario where you know Steph Curry's going to get up 28 to 30 shots, that's something that's exciting as a fan. You know, like I I don't really have any rooting interest in the Warriors beyond that, but I want to see the Steph show. Yep. So do I. I want to see, I really, you know, I want Memphis to beat Portland in game one. That would be nice. I'll take some That'd be great. 
Yep, and so I, that guarantees me a four-game series with Ja. It probably will just be four games, but that's cool. I'm in for that. He'll have moments. Um, I want Golden State to be San Antonio, and then I want a one-game playoff between Dame and Steph Curry. Mm. I don't think I'm asking much. No, that would that would be delicious. Delicious. How many 30-foot 30, 30 three-pointers can we get off in one game? That's what. Four. <laughs> Four to five. It'll be crazy. It'll be crazy. Because both teams at some point are going to go, okay, Dame's taking every shot. The first thing that'll happen is Portland saying Dame will take every shot. In response, Golden State will say, that's fine. Curry's going to take every shot. And we will have two scores with like 50 points. And the final score won't even be that high. It'll be like 105, you know, 101. And it'll just be, look, you know what you're doing. We know what we're doing. Like, we're about it. Let's be about it. So, you know, I, I think that's a good opportunity. There is some separation between Dallas and Portland right now. Dallas is uh, 10 and a half games back out of first. Portland's 12, which means we have a one and a half game break between the two. We've got roughly 13 to 15 games left, depending on who you are. That Dallas could also fall into that bracket. Uh, the Lakers find themselves just far enough out of that to, I think, really get sucked in. Uh, but man, San Antonio creeping around would be a real funny fucking team. If they come out of the West, I'm going to lose my mind. If they could beat Golden State in the game and then turn around and beat like Memphis or Portland, I think that would be like the story of the year. God, I really hope not. I know one thing. <laughs> Adam Silver has probably already sacrificed a couple of animals and maybe a child yeah. for that Steph Curry versus Dame in the last playing game scenario that you drew up there. Yep. And look, it's close. Uh, all these teams, the 7th through the 10th scene, are separated right now by, what is this, one and a half total games. So we have 13 games to go. The shuffling of these seven, these four, is going to be very dramatic. Uh, I, New Orleans really doesn't have much shot at all of getting into the playoff game, playing game. They're four and a half back. Four and a half games is a lot in 13 game. That means you'd essentially, if you went 13 and 0, and uh, Golden State, who's one above you at four and a half difference, they would basically have to just go eight and five, and they hold it. So you just, at four and a half out, it's that might be the most disappointing team of the year, which we'll get to post-mortem, but... Um, if you're that, the NBA, you've got to be excited about these potential matchups that you're going to have to get into the playoffs in the first year of this. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess the second year of this uh, playing system that they're going to be using yep. going forward. you got to be happy. I mean, it's got all these teams playing. You, you don't hear too much about tanking other than with, like, the Rockets right now. No. The, the teams that are tanking, um, Houston, no one's talking about Minnesota because they're just bad. Right. Like Houston's actively tanking. Minnesota's actively bad. <laughs> um, Oklahoma City's trying, but hey, Chris Paul effect. Sacramento, I just, I got no clue. Orlando is actively tanking. Um, and then you have Detroit, who's actively doing nothing. Uh, just a bunch of weird teams. So, right. If you go NBA down thoughts, to the, the yeah. 12th seed uh, in the East, which is the Toronto Raptors, the 12th seed, they're still alive right yeah. now for some playing potential. You know, so that, that, they are. That keeps things interesting. Uh, I'll give the NBA that. Chicago and Toronto are both only two games away from Washington. So they basically, again, doing the math. So Washington has 60 games played, so they have 12 left. So 
if Toronto went on like a 10 and two run, the wizards would have to go six and six and they could jump them. So that's what you're looking at. Yeah, so probably yeah, it's not possible. gonna happen, but it, it's, it's just yep. nice to keep it interesting this late in the yep. year. Not not improbable. The teams, you know, just for shits and giggles. Well, actually, this isn't not exactly great. It looks like they play Brooklyn. They play the Lakers. They play the Lakers again. They play Utah. All right, not great. Not looking great, Toronto. But you're at least gonna be fun. All right, you ready to flip into some NFL? Man, it's draft season. It's officially draft season. We're only a couple days away. All right, so let's. I've pulled some some things out here. Just gonna be just some some fun some fun information. Uh, there are six. Just to lay the groundwork, there are six first round draft picks that have already been swapped. San Francisco has moved into the third round pick from Miami via Houston. So the third pick in this draft has actually moved hands already from Houston to Miami to San Francisco. The eighth pick of the draft is Miami. That was from Philly. The 12th pick is Phillies. That's from Miami, which is from San Francisco. The 23rd pick is the New York Jets from the Seattle Seahawks for the Jamal Adams trade. Jacksonville Jaguars have the 25th pick, which is the Los Angeles Rams, which was from the Jalen Ramsey trade. And the 31 Baltimore Ravens have Kansas City's pick in that spot for the Orlando Brown trade, which we will get into as we go. So six first round picks have already been swapped this year. So I would expect this draft to be absolutely fucking bonkers. Bonkers. With that's how much already been moved, I can't imagine what we see during it. But Let's take a look at draft capital real quick. Uh, important thing to note is by any statistical kind of calculation anyone's ever done, when you push the whole NFL together, there's almost no rhyme or reason why a pick works out or doesn't. Most good teams hit picks at like 55%. Bad teams hit picks at worse percentages. Uh, but most of the time, it's right around a 50-50 proposition. Some drafts go really well. Some drafts you forget quickly. Um, but there are... Actually, let's play a little game. Who do you think has the most picks in this year's draft? Mm, I'm going to guess the Miami Dolphins. It is not the Dolphins. Ah. The it is Philly. Philly. Philly has 11. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that Wentz trade. Got a lot of picks back this uh, year. Um, Miami actually has eight. Oh, man. Way which, off. Is anyone in between there? Oh, yeah. There are 16, seven teams with 10. Uh, do you want to give a guess? Or you want me to run through them? No, just run through them. Okay. Baltimore, Dallas, Minnesota, the Jets, New England, the Packers. Those are the seven teams that have 10 picks. Now, there are no teams with 1, 2, 4, 5, or 12 picks. All the rest are picks. Now, what team do you think has the fewest picks? Mm, the fewest picks. The Rams. Fewest pick. It's not the Rams. It's the fucking Seahawks. The Seahawks. They have... They have three, dude. Three. No wonder Russell Wilson three. wants to get out of there. Oh, my God. <laughs> they have three picks. They're a salary cap type team with three picks. That's crazy as shit. What the fuck are you doing? The yeah, next I wouldn't have closest, expected it to be the Seahawks. Uh, the next closest is six. 
And that's the Giants, the Rams, the Colts, Detroit, and Arizona all have six. Seattle has three. That's crazy shit. That's just crazy. So that's where are their picks? Le- do you have that? Um, I can pull it up real quick. I, I do have it up. It is they have it's terrible too. They have the, they have a second round pick, they have a fourth round pick, and they have a seventh round pick. 56, 129, 250. They really have two picks then because the seventh yeah. round, very rarely does that pan out. Look, 56 overall, when you're drafting 56 overall, you should be a championship team that you're holding together. You may be traded for a free agent to try to get you over the top. That's where you're at. You're definitely not a team that got beat by a one-handed quarterback and that quarterback was traded and also is in in your division. And that team has more picks than you and more talent. That's not the position you want to be in. Those are all facts. There's no slander in there. That's all. I don't even need slander for that one. That's just all fucking facts. So... Uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, you got to be pissed. How many picks pissed. did they get rid of to get Jamal Adams? No idea. Way too many. Ugh. All right. I know. For a box line, a box safety, a linebacker uh, who who's not great in coverage. So, all right, you know, sure. Uh, <laughs> that's great. So you now for this, you uh, for full disclosure, I am not a college football person. Uh, I don't think it translates too much in the NFL. I do watch games in college football. I find that I'm not a film study person, so I can get lost in trying to translate what's going to work from college to the NFL. So I really just watch it for fun. I don't make any type of assessment with it. Uh, I just kind of let it go. If I see someone that's an absolute freak, uh, I I can call that out. But that person is also going to go in the top three. So I'm not doing anything special for you here. My my look on this is strictly what position, if I were them, I would be looking at getting. Some people might go, Matt, they don't have, there, there are no good safeties this year. Why would you say that, you know, the Chicago Bears should draft a safety? I'm sorry. That's what I would do. I think a lot of times people say that there's no talent in this skill group and then someone comes out to be a, you know, a serviceable starter. I think sometimes that's what you should go to. Now, Leo you've got more detailed notes right yes uh really out of boredom i started writing a a little post i guess you would call it for pickandscroll.com which is uh, a mock draft i've only gone through one round so far but i do have one round's worth of predictions i guess and they're really based on uh, some scouting reports that i've read online some film that i've watched you know i'm not a football scout by any means so i'm really just watching these guys and going mm, yeah you look really good uh yeah you know and so uh that's how i've based my my power rankings or at least that's how i base the player's skill uh but yeah i look at team needs and and kind of try to peg players to landing spots okay so let's do this i'm going to tell you the position that i would draft uh and you tell me the player that you've got in that spot all right Um, and we'll go we're going to go through this whole draft now give us some notes uh, we can tie off Jacksonville, right? We both think they're going. That's Trevor. It has that's to the be end Trevor that, right? Lawrence. I think yep. that, that pick has been Trevor Lawrence since 2017 or 2018, and it was just a matter of who was going to make the pick. Uh, There's not much to talk about here. The, the guy's six six. He's a beast. He can run. He's got an accurate arm. Trevor Lawrence is easily the number one pick in this draft. Okay, number two. Who you got? 
Number two. All right. So there's a difference between what I would do and what I think is going to happen. You know, all okay. the indications are that the number two pick is going to be your boy, um, uh, Zach Wilson. Zachy. Zach Wilson yeah. from BYU. Me personally, I would go with Justin Fields at this spot. I, I think Justin Fields. Okay. Yep. Uh, I just think he's the the better prospect. I, I think that his it's been a little overblown the the issues that people have been saying about him being in a one read offense and not getting through progressions. And I know that he hasn't been good under pressure in his college career, but I just think that there's a lot to work with, with Justin Fields. And, and that that's just the direction I would go in. I, I definitely think they're going to pick Zach Wilson though. What do you think about Wilson versus Fields? I know we've gotten into it a little bit already, but every indication says that the jets are going with Wilson. Yeah. I, I basically, I think that, so I actually had a little breakdown on Twitter today. But what we're talking about is the San Francisco 49ers have moved up to the three spot. Now, in order for San Francisco to give up everything that they gave up, there is one player that they're going after. That has to be Justin Fields. We are hearing no talk about Trevor or Wilson being available outside of three. No talk. It's, it's just over. Now, every other single fucking team, uh, a player in this draft, Adam Schefter released a report today that said that the, uh, San Francisco is deciding between Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Now, I, w- I want to just, this is how you can smell dog shit from a mile away. Trey Lance, you wouldn't need to trade up into the top 12 to get your hands on. So, they definitely didn't trade all that for a guy who's going to be available late. They definitely didn't trade all that for someone they may be going after. The only name not associated with the San Francisco 49ers at this time or at any time other than when the when the trade was made, everyone said that's where Justin feels. Everyone. It was unanimous. Now, a month later, everyone says it's everyone but Justin Fields. How do I tell you all that it has to be Fields? Because he's better than Wilson. As soon as they found out that the Jets were taking Wilson, they moved immediately up for Fields because he's they, they view him as better than Trevor and as Wilson. And they're moving all the way up to get him. They think they're getting the best quarterback of the draft right away. I agree with you. I think Fields has everything off the field and on the field and is better than Wilson. I think he's proved that. Right. I'll say this, and it might be a little hot takey, but Justin Fields is my favorite quarterback in the draft. I'm not saying he's going to be the best or have the best career. It's just when I watch all the quarterbacks that are in this draft, Fields is my favorite. I just want to stake that claim right now. Off-field leader who helped reorganize uh, college football and getting him back and on the field. And the other player he's been compared to is Mac Jones, who has two DUIs off the field, um, which we don't talk about in terms of, does he want it enough? Does he want it enough? Are we sure Fields wants it enough? Um, so, you know, bunch of fucking Do you find it there. weird that the, the rumor that is that they're trying to decide between Lance and Mac Jones. You find that weird because those two players are nothing like the other. Like yeah, <laughs> those are the two guys I you're weighing it, between two guys that are opposites. I find it weird that we peddle that kind of shit and then people eat it up. I find it weird as shit that anybody out there finds that interesting. 
<laughs> like I find it super fucking weird that you can basically sell a lie which has no bearing on truth. You think the fucking San Francisco 49ers traded up and they don't know what quarterback they're taking three days before the draft? Right, and are weighing so that, two quarterbacks that, that are nothing alike each other. <laughs> yeah, and that's why they're like, oh, or Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Dude, you keep bringing up quarterbacks who, if you were like, man, if they could just meet in the middle and be a perfect quarterback, it would be Justin Fields. <laughs> that's how you know it's Justin Fields. When everybody in the media is saying every name but Justin Fields, I'm sorry. Like, either two things are happening. There's only two options. Either the 49ers are putting out every bit of misinformation they can using their friends and sources, or they've traded up into the third spot, horrifically miscalculated what would be available, thinking that somehow Trevor Lawrence was going to fall to them. And now they're scrambling because they have all these fuck, they spent all this money and they thought Trevor Lawrence would fall to three. Or they thought that Zach Wilson was falling to three. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you don't move up unless you know what you're getting. When draft day comes up and people move up, they don't move up and go, oh, fuck, I moved up for the guy that was available on the board, but now I don't want him and I'm stuck in indecision. Now I'm going to trade back out. Doesn't happen. Anytime you trade up, it's because you're getting the player you want to get. Right, the, and the narrative that's getting pushed around is almost like you, you pull up to a car lot with a bunch of money thinking, I'm going to go buy a new car, and you give the money to them up front and say, here, take all of my money. I'm not sure what car I want yet, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to pay for the most expensive car on the lot. Mind you, I also may buy the cheapest car on the lot, but here's all my cash. <laughs> I also may not be able to make this decision for multiple months. So... You know, instead of trying to get the most value, I would love to squander this large sum of cash. How are we feeling, boys? And then we run around and we high five the fuck out of each other <laughs> for wasting all that money. Like, that's what people are selling us. This pick is over. Now, could Fields be the number two pick? And that's what's quiet here is that the Jets are actually going to take Fields and San Francisco moved up feeling real fucking cocksure that the Jets are going to take Wilson and they thought they were going to have Fields, but Fields is going to go. I don't know. I don't know those little fucking dark web shits, but I'll tell you this. They didn't fucking move up for Mac Jones. If they moved up for Mac Jones, I'm going to fade the fuck out of the San Fran next year. Period. Because you could get him later. You don't have to spend that much. Uh, who do you got going three then? Because obviously I've got San Francisco taking a quarterback. Who do you got? Uh, at three, I, I have him taking a quarterback. I think it's going to be Justin Fields. If if Wilson and if Lawrence falls, are one yeah. and two, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be Fields. If for whatever reason Fields goes two and, you know, we got the big misdirection, then I would guess that they'd go Zach Wilson. Okay. Uh, Four is where I think things get interesting here. What do you think about so, Atlanta? Uh, so here's the thing. I think Atlanta's going to trade out of this pick. Oh, you don't think they pick? Um, no, I don't think they pick. I have them trading out. I have them trading out, and the person they move up with takes a quarterback. Okay. If Justin Fields is available at four, and I mean this, if Justin Fields is available at four, you will have no less than four or five teams trying to scramble to get that that guy. And that means teams from uh, Detroit could try to move up a couple positions. Uh, I could see Denver moving up. I could see Philly trying to move up. I could see the Patriots trying to move up. Uh, I could see the Raiders trying to move up. I could see 
the the Steelers trying to move up. Those are the list of teams that I think would instantly ring your phone. I think we are going to get at least three quarterbacks taken, one through three, and I believe that my hot take is we will see four quarterbacks in a row go at the top of this draft. All right, so let's do a little uh, exercise here. Let's say that the, the draft goes exactly how we're pinging it right now. Let's go Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields are the top three picks. You think that in that scenario where, where Fields, Wilson, and Lawrence are all gone, Atlanta still has a lot of options to trade out of that pick. Do you think teams oh, move yeah. up to go get a, a Trey Lance or you know or Mac, Mac Jones. Jones or you, Yep. Okay. Yep. I think I think that Atlanta it now will Atlanta cater to those trades that come in? They may say, "Hey, I'm taking Kyle Pitts and that's the end of it." That's right? my prediction uh, for the pick. I think they're going with Kyle Pitts. I just when I look at you if they take Kyle Pitts, I will fade their over in a heartbeat it won't even it, I, I will go to the casino that's 20 minutes from my house and put a bet on atlanta's under if they take kyle pitts no questions asked no questions asked i think you need you have so many fucking holes on your team and the last possible one you need is more pass catchers just the last one he is not a great he is a willing blocker not a great blocker from everything i've read and uh, th- that's great. You can teach that blocking as you go. But your offensive line, you did invent. Last year, they started the year with five, five first-round draft picks at their line. Uh, they weren't all theirs. Some of them they acquired. But uh, you, they're going to be. They're going to feel like they have to. Re- they're going to keep that O line. The quarterback, they're running it back. They got Julio Jones. They have. They have Hayden Hurst at tight end, um, and they have. Uh, darn it, who am I missing? Um, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. So you've got plenty of, uh, mind you, they did just trade last year a bunch of picks for Hayden Hurst, uh, who did well in that offense. Uh, I, I just think that if this were any other year, the Falcons would be like, yes, we're taking pits. But the problem is uh, our offense, we've actually spent a fuckload on the past couple years. Uh, and our real problem is we literally can't stop anyone at any given time at any point in time in a game. We have to trade this back. We have to get more picks. Or you're going to take the best defensive player. If there was a freak edge rusher coming out, they would take him. But they don't. So I had the Falcons trading out. I'm going to derail us again just a little bit here. What do you think about the rumors that the Falcons are shopping Julio Jones? They're open to moving their the franchise, really. He, the, you got to call him the franchise, right? I think that that is um, – I think the way this goes is like this. Every team in the NFL wants Julio Jones. The Atlanta Falcons don't want to move on from Julio Jones. So – I think you get a lot of rumors that, oh, Atlanta is uh, exploring trades. No, it's that 15 teams are sending Atlanta their trade requests. <laughs> so uh, multiple teams engaged in trade with Julio Jones. That also means that multiple teams have sent Atlanta what they would trade for Julio Jones. And Atlanta, that it does not mean that Atlanta has fielded a single one of those trades. It could happen. Um but I don't think that if you want to say, hey, we're trading Julio Jones and we're going to draft Kyle Pitts and that's how we're going to get more defensive players as we move back in the draft that way, uh, I could see that. I, I, you know, My whole point for them is I need that defense to be retooled. And the only way you're going to do that is with a lot of picks. So you want to trade Julio for a couple, young, for a couple picks from somebody so you can draft more defensive players. And then the number fourth pick, you take Kyle Pitts. 
I could see that happening. I, I could see that happening. Yeah, I think that that might be a decent strategy for them. I mean, with Calvin Ridley, you have a number one receiver, you know, and I don't think that they need to have two bona fide number ones, which I think they do right now with Jones and Ridley. So if you could get a couple picks for Julio, you know, he's aging. I think he's still got it. I, I see a lot of people online kind of talking like he's done. Uh, I don't think he's done. I don't think that his on-field performance has suggested that he's close to done. Uh, but I think if you can get a haul for him, you got to do it while you can do it. You know, Atlanta, they're not that far off. I don't believe so. You know, so if, if you could get some for Julio that's worthwhile, maybe a couple mid-round picks and, and help you take an extra corner, an extra edge rusher, then I think you should do it. So uh, Cincinnati Bengals, number five, who you got? All right, so for the longest time, I thought that given that – I actually think that we talked about this before. I thought that Joe Burrow was getting his ass whooped out there last year, last season. And not that I think that he was getting his ass whooped. He was actually getting his ass whooped out there last season. And and his leg took him. Right, right, and, and ended his season because he was getting his ass whooped so often. And so I thought that they were going to go tackle this whole time. But the more and more I sit here and think about it, I think they're going receiver, and I think it's going to be Burrow's boy Jamar Chase from LSU. I, I think they're going to give they're going to give him his boy. I, I I feel like Burrow might be campaigning for it a little bit, and I think they're going to give in to the franchise. What do you think? Do you think they're going to choose to protect him, or are you going to you're going to give him his old college running mate back? I don't even know how you can fathom not protecting him. You just lost him for a year. You I, like you're right. I just don't think that's where they're going. I think they're going to give him Jamar Chase. I would love it. Nothing would make me happier. I could write Joe Burrow's entire NFL career off if they do that. I'm dead serious. I would write his entire NFL career off if they went wide receiver. I'd love the fuck out of it. <laughs> I, I, I as a Raven fan, I'd be like, that's so great. Your biggest weakness and a chance to fight. You fill that in with. Uh, uh, what looks to be a really, really good left tackle prospect in uh, Sewell. Yeah, Sewell. Penne Sewell. Um, Penne Sewell. 6'6", 325 yeah. from Oregon. Yeah, so you could either put someone in that's going to make your whole offensive line better, or you can not address the problem. Here's the other thing. The division you play in is full of fucking, uh, just a lot of really good defensive players who you're playing against. Some teams get after the passer better than everyone else, like uh, Pittsburgh. Some teams have a way better secondary like everyone else, like Baltimore. Then you have a team like uh, Cleveland that has highs and lows in every single category. Um, and you're going to trot out there and say, I know all of you, all three of you tore the head off of Joe Burrow last year, but that's fine with us. As long as the wide receiver who will catch the ball a couple times a game while Joe Burrow is fleeing for his life um, on a reconstructed leg. We're good for that. So could they take him? Yes. Would it make me happy? Yes. Were they the bungles for 20 years before Marvin Lewis got there because they made bad decisions? Yes. Marvin Lewis is gone. They've instantly gone back into the, the fucking hole of the earth. So it only makes sense. I can sign up for that all day long. <laughs> so uh, do you think that they will take the tackle Penesul? And, and yes. you, you think yes. that that's going to be the pick? Yeah, 100%. I think that that should be the pick. I just yes. am not convinced that it will be the pick. Yeah, so that's where I get caught up. You know, th as we get through this list, you're going to hear me maybe be you – know, Matt, you have – 
you've got seven teams taking an offensive lineman in the first round. Yeah, well, I got news for you. You all fucking need linemen. So whether it's an interior lineman, and I'll call that out if it's interior or, or an edge guy, um, but uh, you need help on the offensive line. You're at the bottom of this. I mean, we can run through this fucking list of teams. Jacksonville Jaguars, offensive line sucks. New York Jets, offensive line did get better with Mekhi Becton. San Francisco, they went out and traded for Trent Williams to make their line better. Um, Atlanta Falcons, your line's not great. Bengals, your line's not great. Dolphins, your line's not great. Lions, your line's not great. Panthers, your line's not great. Like, <laughs> like, there's a fucking theme, guys. You all suck because, A, you don't know how to draft because you don't know how to retool. Your line starts with five fucking ugly fat guys up front, and then on the defensive side, it goes to four or three fat ugly linemen on the other side, except for Aaron Donald, the guys in Adonis. But everyone else... You know, that's how they build. You're the fucking bad teams for a reason. But I think they're going to go O-line. But that's because I logically look at it and go, yeah, give me the generational left tackle. So um, let's slide down. Miami. This is where um, I'm, I'm going to say this is where I think Kyle Pitts is going to go. You think he goes to Miami? Okay. So, I mean, we're in agreement that they're going pass catcher. Is that yep. is that what you identify as their biggest need? Yep. Yeah, so my prediction is a little different. I don't think they're going Kyle Pitts only because I have Kyle Pitts going earlier to Atlanta if they stay there. Uh, my prediction was a Jalen Waddle, uh, okay, wide receiver yeah. from Alabama. Not the not the Heisman winner, maybe not the one that everyone expects to go first. But if you remember last uh, last draft, I believe Henry Ruggs was the first receiver taken off the board. Also, wasn't you know projected to be the first guy, uh, first pass catcher taken, and he was. I think that we get a similar situation here with uh, Jalen Waddle going before his Heisman winning teammate in Devontae Smith. I think he ends up in Alabama. All right. Or, who you got for not Detroit? In Alabama, but, Alabama, yeah, yeah Miami. Miami. <laughs> Detroit, I think they're going offensive tackle. Uh, I think that okay. they need to protect their quarterback. I don't know if Jared Goff is the future over there, but they seem like they want to take a risk on Jared Goff, I guess, at least for a year. Um, so I, I have them going offensive tackle. The one that I have here ran down in my little mock draft was Penny Sewell. I think that he doesn't make yep. it out of the top 10. Uh, I definitely think if he's there for, for the Lions at seven, they take him. And if he's not, I still think that they go offensive line in one way or another. Uh, I'm going to go with they take a wide receiver. That's just I have a weird feeling about them. All right, Panthers. Panthers, I think they're another team that needs to address the offensive line. Uh they got your boy Sam Darnold from New York. I'm not sure what to think about Sam Darnold. I have my own opinions. I don't think that it's going to end great for him in in Carolina. But I mean, he's got potential. Nope. Uh, and I think that they're going to take a whatever the best offensive tackle available is at that spot. Okay. Um, I think that we could see something. This is the only one that I'm gonna. Not the only one. There's a couple I sit on the fence with, but. I believe that you could see a surprise quarterback go here. If they don't do that, then I think they're going to take the most raw, athletic, and talented edge rusher that's available, and they're going to go that route. Okay, Carolina going defense, you think? Quarterback or defense? I think the surprise pick could be a quarterback here. Um, I think they could say, hey, look, Sam Darnold, you're a project. We're going to take Trey Lance or Mac Jones or who's ever available here. Either one of them, and we're gonna we're gonna retool around him too. We're gonna have an open competition. Worst case, the guy sits behind Sam Darnold for a year. I think that's an option. 
Um, so I think there could be a surprise pick. If not, they're going to go defense, and they're going to take a raw defensive edge. Okay, I, I'm not mad at that at all. I mean, I think Carolina definitely needs to address quarterback, but right after getting Darnold, I think they might at least give Darnold one year before they go go uh, looking for something else, maybe wait for that, that Deshaun Watson situation to clear up a little bit. All right, uh, flipping over, now we're at the uh, – Things here start to get a little muddled because we don't know who's going to fall. It's why, like, the best mock drafts out there have, like, a 20% chance of getting anything right past, like, five. Um, And then it deteriorates into, like, nothing as you go. The Denver Broncos, for me, um, I think they're going to go defense. I think you're going to see either a cornerback or a safety come off the board here. Uh, So someone in the secondary, and the reason why I say safety is you could see them converted to like a quarter uh, cornerback position, but I think we're going defense again. And I think Denver could take the best cornerback off the board. See nine is for you. Eight was where you thought a quarterback might come off the board, a surprise quarterback that's slipping. Nine is where I think that they, that might happen with a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones, you know, someone of that mold. I, I think that if they're there and available at nine and the Broncos stick and pick there, I think that you could see that because you can't be sold on Drew Locke, can you? No, no, no. I was big on Drew Locke uh, to start the season. I liked a lot of what he did. I just thought he had to make a couple couple strides. Not only did his strides not happen, but he regressed in every single way. So uh, I went from, hey, I think this guy could have a little bit of a breakout year to, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, distance myself from that. Uh, so I am way out on Drew Locke. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. They need defense, man. They need defense. Yep. So, whoever is the best defender, I'm not even going to name a position. Whoever the best defender on the board is at 10, uh, that's who I think that they're going to pick. Whether it be a corner, you know, whether it's J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan or the best edge rusher, I don't think it matters. Defense. I'm going cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys. It could be a linebacker. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change it. They're going to take a linebacker. Sean Lee just retired. He's been retired. He's he's been on the downhill for a while. There was a long stretch of time that when Sean Lee went out of the game, the Dallas Cowboys defense sucked. That continued with him getting hurt and not being able to play, and that defense has sucked. I think they need a linebacker, and they can wait till 10 to get the best one on the board. Yeah, there's definitely going to be at least two linebackers, playmaking linebackers that are going to be available there for them at 10, I believe, uh, between, I'm probably going to botch these names, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa and Michael Parsons. I think that they could, if they're looking linebacker, like you say, uh, I think that those two might be strong options there in the top 10. Uh, Flipping down to the Giants, I have the Giants taking a – and. I actually think that this is where you will get a wide receiver. Uh, You'll look for a little more weapons for Daniel Jones. You're going to expect Saquon back. I could also see them taking offensive line. The defense played well at times last year. I think you're going to try to fill that later on. I think this is where we see another wide receiver go. So for me, this would be my second wide receiver off the board. I was thinking defense here, uh, and I was thinking defensive line, uh, only because they – I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they were bottom half of the league in sacks last season. And I think that, you know, getting someone to help uh, end possessions, you know, get the ball back into Saquon's hands, back into uh, Daniel Jones' hands, that might be a priority. So I'm looking best edge rusher available or maybe offensive line, you know, because protecting Daniel Jones should remain a, a priority. But I think they're going edge rusher. 
All right. So next up, we have Philadelphia. This is them trading back. Uh, Philadelphia is a bit of a mess for me. The only thing I can really call out where I go, hey, I think that's what you need. Again, I think that they need a wide receiver. I think they need some options on the outside. They looked pathetic in that case last year. So I think, again, they're going to take a wide receiver. If there's no wide receiver available, this is a team that in the history of time has liked to stack defensive players. So I could see them taking a defensive tackle if the no wide receiver is available on their board. We're in alignment on that one. Uh, I have them taking the best receiver, best pass catcher available. Uh, I think they're going to give Hurts a year, you know, a year to figure it out and see if he's really the guy. And if you're going to do that, then you need to give him real options uh, or else you're not going to know if he's really the guy. So, yeah, I got him taking the best pass catcher available, whoever that is at that point. All right, Los Angeles Chargers, who you got? They have to take a tackle, an offensive tackle. Yep. They, I, don't, I don't know who it's going to be. Again, it's going to be best available at the position, but they need to address the offensive line. I don't want to see Justin Herbert get his ass whooped out there like Joe Burrow was getting, but he was getting his ass whooped out there last year too. It's just he's got a little more mobility to get away from it. Uh, they need to help him out. I have a tackle as well. Minnesota Vikings, I have an interior lineman. I think that they should take the best available here. I think they need to get nastier up front. Who you got for that? Uh, again, in alignment, I'm not sure you know whether it's going to be inside or outside, but they need to address the offensive line, especially a team like them that likes to feed the ball to, to Dalvin Cook and work a lot off the play action for Kirk Cousins. you got to be able to protect to be able to do that. So offensive line in one way or another. Um. New England Patriots. They're going to take a quarterback. They got to take a quarterback. I think they're either going to take a quarterback or the best linebacker that's available. Uh, but for, you know, for prediction's sake, I say they go with the best quarterback available. I think Mac Jones is still going to be there when they pick at 15 unless they decide to move up and go get someone. Uh, so I got them going quarterback if Mac Jones or Trey Lance is there for them. If not, this I is think they're going linebacker. This is going to sound so fucking weird. Najee Harris is going to go to the New England Patriots. You think Najee Harris? Really? Why? They're going to they're gonna take... Because I think when you look at what the Patriots did last year and what they want to do this year is get big, ugly, and mean up front. Uh, they are going to take advantages of teams getting smaller and leaner on defense. They're going to go more old school. They're kind of going to say if we get our running back and we establish good plays... We can wait on the quarterback, take someone maybe later on. Um, I also think that they really want to get back into the playoffs with the extra spot and the added games being played. I think really when you look at how do you – the easiest way to get to the playoffs is run the ball and play good defense. Can you advance in the playoffs? Probably not. But this is a team that was built on this many years ago when they, when they had Drew Bledsoe and was able to use those – kind of techniques to transition into um, a into the powerhouse with Tom Brady. I think that this sets the stage for them. I think everyone will be screaming it's a reach. I don't think Bill Belichick gives a fuck what you're screaming. Um, I think you take the best running back. You go with your big, great offensive line. You go Cam Newton, who also has the ability to run. You can run the option now very effectively. Uh, and, and I think that that's going to be what the offense is for them next year. Najee Harris, you threw me off with that one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I the just big think running that, back. That, the big running back. They go to a bruising style. They look at their division. They say, none of you are super big and ugly up front. 
uh, except for the Jets, actually, which is a little weird. Uh, we're going to kind of take advantage of that. We're going to take care advantage of a soft secondary for most of you and a poor linebacking core. And we are going to run the ball down your throat. We're going to control the clock. Um, you saw kind of the the... You saw them try to do this last year, but they just didn't have the horses. So I think you go get the horse. Okay. I'm not mad at it. Hey, if if you call that one, if you nail that one and they pick Najee Harris at 15, I, I got a beer for you. I, I got to buy you a beer if that happens. <laughs> yeah, most likely someone will trade up and take him early and we'll be like, oh, that was stupid. But, you know, that'll save me from the embarrassment of that failing out. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at 16. Arizona, I think they're going defense. Uh, I'm, I'm not really – that's another team where I don't think it really matters where on the defense they go because I think that they could use talent everywhere on the defense. Yep. Uh, maybe not defensive line. I think they've addressed that a little bit, at least with picking up J.J. Watt. They should – you know, he's he still got some in the tank. So I think that they go defensive backfield somewhere, maybe a, a corner if there's a good corner available, maybe a safety. Uh, but it's going to be defense. I think it has to be. Yeah, I, I have them taking a linebacker. I think that they just need help everywhere, though. So if it was somewhere else, I, I fucking get it because that defense is putrid. I actually have the same thing for f- number 17 up, the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they take the best I think they take the best cornerback or safety available. I, that defense is so fucking bad. Yeah, I think if, if there's a good linebacker, you know, if one of the top two linebackers uh, fall in the draft, I think that this could be a landing spot for them. I think the Raiders could use a playmaker in their defense. You know, I don't think they, they really have any guys that are, are going to make splash plays other than the safety uh, uh, Abrams, Jonathan Abrams. Yep. Um, so, yep. so, yeah, I think that they're just going to take the best playmaker that they can find on defense because that's what they need desperately. So here we go uh, to kind of round it out. These are teams, now you're starting to get into teams that are close to the playoffs or in the playoffs. Most of these teams don't need a quarterback, I say most. Um, A lot of these teams are going to be looking to fill either a hole to get to the playoffs or they're trying to make a push where you could see a reach for the the best player at that position that they think can can fill them. Uh, And then you have the smarter teams that just constantly keep retooling the back end. So, the, uh, the Miami Dolphins here in their rightful spot at 18. I have the Miami Dolphins taking. So earlier in this draft, Miami at six, I ha- we both had them taking a pass catcher. With a pass catcher off the board, I think Miami with their second pick turns around and goes, I need a pass rusher. I need the best edge player available. Okay. Again, we're on similar pages here. I don't have them taking an edge rusher, but I could see it. I, I had them taking an interior defensive lineman, you know, the best guy, the best big guy that they can find inside to help get some push for those guys. Um, but uh, you, you could see him address linebacker. I think, did, did they end up losing Kyle Van Noy this offseason? Is he still a free agent? Do you know? Uh, I think Kyle Van Noy stayed. I'll type it in real quick. Yeah, so I think that, you know, if, if Van Noy's gone, then I definitely think that that's somewhere where you could see a, a, one of those playmaking linebackers go. Um, but if, if he's back and, and that maybe that's not a position that they need to address immediately. He's back. He is back. Okay, so, yeah, I think they're going yeah. somewhere on the line then. Somewhere on the defensive yeah. line. Yeah, he went to the Dolphins for a year. He was there last year, and it looks like he is back now. Um, with the Patriots, yeah. so defensive line, makes... I, I, they're going to go defense in one way or another. I don't think that the offense yep. needs too much help over there, at least not after addressing it with the sixth pick, which is what we predicted. So, 
uh, yeah, you got Flores there. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, some big defensive lineman from the SEC end up in Miami with the 18th pick. Yeah. Uh, okay, I had Washington football team. This is a team with probably top – Top five defensive line, like I called. They add Fitzpatrick. They have Gibson. They have weapons. I think this is a team that sticks it pretty simple and looks for an offensive lineman. If Mac Jones is still there at 19, does Washington do it? Maybe. It all depends on if he if he really fits what uh, um, Rivera wants. So that could be if Mac Jones. Here's the other thing: if Mac Jones is still available, someone has traded up to go get him. In my opinion, so no way he's like, there I at, think at that, 19. Then I really don't think so. If he's there at 19, he's going to fall all the way to the bottom of the first round. Okay. There's just when we when we when you start to look at who's here, um, Chicago. I mean, here's the other thing: Chicago could move up to go get him at this point. Um, Chicago's not going to let him a quarterback like that sit on the board. So I think Chicago. <laughs> We're getting to that next. But I have Chicago trading. Um, I, I don't know where they could end up. They could be the team that ends up at four, and that could be the uh, the um, the Falcons move. Uh, but I see them trading out of that position. I think they have more. I think they have more than they need. But with Washington, so you're saying they could take a quarterback? If there's no quarterback available, what do they take? If there's no quarterback available, then I think that they're just going to bolster the defense even more. Uh, like you say, that they're pretty set on offense. I think they could use a second receiver, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be too surprised here if they end up with a receiver that might be falling down the board. Maybe maybe like a Rashad Bateman or, or someone who doesn't have the top ten hype. Uh, I could I could see them taking a receiver because outside of. Um, Outside of Terry McLaurin, I mean, it, there's not too much over there to get excited about. Um, so I could see that, but I, I really think that they're going to go with a playmaker on defense, continue to make that defense even better, because that's going to be important in their division. Um, the, you know, the defense could take them a long way. We saw that last year. You know, they made the playoffs on the back of their defense. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would expect them to add to the defense, but if a, if, if a big a big-time pass catcher or, uh, or one of those quarterbacks starts sliding, I think that, that might be the pick, especially the quarterback. If Trey Lance is still there at 19, then I, I think that he's the pick. One of these quarterbacks, I think, has to slide. <laughs> so I do believe that Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys are both teams that could be interested in trading back. Um, the Dallas already has 10 picks for this draft, but when you look at their team – you know, they have a lot of positions that are set. They really just need to retool, and they need a lot of picks for their defense. So um, just something to keep an eye on. I think both the Lions, the Lions, the Falcons, and the Cowboys are going to be looking to trade back. Uh, moving on to the Chicago Bears, I actually think that the Chicago Bears will be making a trade to move up, potentially with one of those teams. So my move for the Bears is they are going to trade that pick. Yeah, I think that the, the Bears, they would love to go get a quarterback. I mean, and that's what they would be doing if they go trade up. Uh, if they are willing to pay the price that it's going to take to go move up and they think that a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance is worth it, then I definitely think that that's what they should do. Um, if they don't, though, I, I think that they probably may be looking to go playmaker, maybe maybe a wide receiver or maybe someone to, to protect the quarterback, a, a tackle on either side. Uh, I don't really know what Chicago needs. I feel like they need a lot, even though they, they were a decent team last year. I just There's nothing on that roster that really gets me excited. 
you're either trading up to get a, your quarterback or you're trading down because you're more than one piece away. Mm-hmm. Those are the only options for the Bears. They're right definitely now, more opinion. than one piece away. Like Even if they got right. their quarterback, I still don't think that they're instantly a contender. So that's where I'm looking at it, and I go, you're either – you know, at this point, the best pass catchers are off the board. The best tackles are off the board. Um, you're looking at, you could probably get some really good defensive players. There's apparently no safeties in this draft, but there's plenty of corners, plenty of linebackers. There's no real strong edge talent, a lot of raw talent. There's some good defensive interior. Um, so I think here, if you're the, you're the Bears, you're probably trading out of this pick. Um, Indianapolis Colts, they're down at 21. Um, I, I really have them going whatever they feel is best available on their defensive side of the ball. I don't think they touch the offense much. Yeah, they've lost some some punch on their defensive line. Justin Houston's gone. Uh, Danico Autry's gone. So if there is a top edge rusher, a top defensive line guy, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go that direction at all. Uh, my personal opinion, I, I do think that they need to invest in the wide receiver position. You know, they re-signed T.Y. Hill into a one-year $10 million contract this offseason. Jesus, That's what an over Right, uh, especially he's getting a little up there in age. Um, you know, they just drafted a kid last year, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, I believe in the second round. Uh, but I think that you need to invest. You already invested in quarterback. Either invest in protecting the quarterback or give the quarterback some weapons. Uh, that's that's what I would do if I was the Indianapolis Colts. Now, you know me, it's fuck the Colts forever, so I hope that they mess this pick up, honestly. Uh, but defensive line, offensive line, uh, one, one of those two is where I think they're going to go because that's, you know, they I know what positions they value. Uh, but I, I would be looking at a pass catcher if I were them badly. Okay. Who, uh, let let me ask you a question real quick on the Colts. Like. Oh, mm-hmm. What position, like, if you trade for Carson Wentz, do you feel like they need to go get him some some help now, right? Like, you, you want to see if he still has Weird. it, right? But are you going to find that out yeah. with T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman? That's who you're kind of signing him up to be. I think if you go out and you continue to fill, put, just go, hey, we're filling weapons around you, Carson, you're our guy. You could be a year from now going, no, he wasn't our guy, and now our defense has completely fallen apart. Um, the Colts have – how many picks does Indianapolis have? The Colts only have six fucking picks. So you're really – you're really – I just – you're going to run out of fucking rope here. If Carson Wentz ain't your fucking guy, you're in deep shit. And if he is your guy, does the offense need more weapons? Was that a problem last year? I don't really think it was. So I turn around and try to bolster my defense up early – or are, you know their lines in pretty good shape. I would go. I could see them trying to take a, a tackle here potentially, but you, you know you're thinking you're fixing your quarterback. You're bringing Hilton back for ten million a year, which is a colossal overpay. Um, you know the people were like, oh, the Ravens were offering him more. Yeah, the Ravens were offering him more over three fucking years, meaning per year he was going to make like three and a half million less. So he took the bigger payday. If I told you that you could make ten million dollars in one year or 18 over three and also you'll be eligible to go back on the market next year when the salary cap goes back up you taking the 10 million is a no fucking brainer like this isn't a i'm going to the better team you get to in a year go wherever you want again anyway so if next year ty hilton signs a deal for eight million dollars over however many years he will have made more than what the ravens offered him over three T.Y. So, Hilton, Finesse um, King, whoever his agent is, salute to them. 
It's just that's the way it works. All right, Tennessee Titans. Your Man, team. Oh, the Titans. You know, last year we, we picked Isaiah Wilson with the first pick. I'm still hurting from that Oof. pick. Honestly, it still makes my stomach hurt when I oh, think yeah. about it. Uh, I get a little nauseous when I start seeing, uh, you know, articles about Isaiah Wilson. It just the whole situation makes me sick to this day. So that being said, John Robinson needs to get it right this year. There's a, a few holes on the roster, if we're being honest. I think the Titans need a pass catcher. Uh, they definitely need help at cornerback. Um, and they could still use a right tackle because that's what they spent the pick on last year and it didn't work at all. You know, still need one of those. So uh, honestly, I think that they could go in a couple different directions. I'm going to predict that the Titans go with the best cornerback available uh, because I don't think that this team has a number one corner right now and it needs one desperately. Nope, I got the same thing. You guys take a corner. <laughs> same thing. Yeah, they so need you one guys badly, take a corner. Man. We need a number one corner. It, it, without a number one corner, things might get scary. All right, we move down to the Jets. I think the Jets here take the best pass catcher available. If there are none of the top, like let's say four pass catchers, I believe this team could turn around and go for, look, I know everyone's going to beat them to death, but I could see them taking a running back or they're going to go all secondary. The, the Jets actually have um, 10 picks in this draft. So with the amount of secondaries available, I believe they could find that later. The defensive line is pretty solidified. The offensive line is playing a little better. Their weapons are very piss poor. So uh, that's a team that I think is going to need to put weapons around their young quarterback. So I'm going pass catcher. Um, if they go with Zach Wilson, which we think that they are, uh, I, I'm with you. If there's a great pass catcher available there, I think you got to go get them right now. Their their top receivers are Denzel Mims, a second year player from Baylor who didn't do too much rookie year, and then Corey Davis, you know, coming over from Tennessee. I, I could see them taking a pass catcher. I really think that they should continue to address the offensive line. They hit with Beckton last year. I think if you're drafting who you think is going to be the franchise quarterback, the best way to get good results is to keep him clean. So I, I say they take the best offensive lineman available. Okay. Um, some breaking news for you that I believe they're going to be doing another stress test here in a second on Top Shot if you're interested. Ooh. Live breaking news. Okay, some Top Shot um, action. Yeah, looks like it. Join the waiting room. I now. do have yeah, some some top shot now. action here, or, or some news to share Ooh, with you. Let's see it. Uh, okay, well let's let's wait let's wait to the very end. Let's get let's, through those. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, my bad. I got excited. Some of that. Okay. No, it's all good. I'm getting excited too. I'm sitting here looking at it. I can't wait to be fucking disappointed by this drop by not getting anything or ending up with four fucking. Last time I joined these stress tests, I got three doo doo caca players. <laughs> all right, New York Jets. Uh, you have that. Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. I think they're going to take a running back. I think they're going to piss everybody in the world off. They better take the best offensive lineman available. <laughs> I agree with that. I, and I don't even care if, you know, whoever the best offensive lineman available doesn't have a first-round grade. Like, you can't afford if, – if Ben Roethlisberger is what you're doing and, and it looks like that's what they're doing, then you got to protect him because they have enough pass catchers. And I feel like they can find it a decent – at least a decent running back in the later rounds protect Ben. Please protect Ben. The defense looks like they're okay. You might need an edge rusher now, that, but Dupree is gone. So if there's a, gr a good one available, I wouldn't be too shocked to see them go in that direction. But please, just protect Ben if you want to do anything. And I have De uh, Deontay Johnson on one of my fantasy teams, uh, so I, I am invested in protecting Ben 
Uh, please give the old man some protection. I believe they definitely need offensive line. I want them to take a running back so I can cackle like a fucking moron, but I would love for them to take an offensive lineman. Jacksonville Jaguars at 25 here. I think Jacksonville Jaguars is going to go best available. And what I mean by that is when you look at their team, they're going to have Trevor Lawrence. They've got some decent pieces on the offensive line. They have decent pieces. They have what's weird is they have a good piece and then a fucking terrible rest. So I really think that they're going to take either the best lineman available or the best defensive lineman available. Those are the two people that I think they're going to take for him. Um, They're going to build the trenches back up. Yeah, I think for Jacksonville, they're just going to, in general, the best player that's available. I think they could really use talent at almost every position on that roster. Uh, Other than, I don't think they're going pass catcher, no matter who's there. Uh, But other than that, I think that would show. Right, it could be anyone at any position other than wide receiver, I believe. Um, Cleveland Browns. I've got, I've got Cleveland. Cleveland has a really good offensive line. They've got a really good, uh, they've got great pass catchers. They've got their quarterback who's a turd. Uh, they've got a, they, they just spent a bunch of money getting a guy who will never get to the quarterback in Jadavia and Clowney. Uh, but their linebacking core is weak. So I believe they go sign a linebacker. My prediction for the Cleveland Browns is uh, sort of similar. I got them taking an edge guy. I think that they could still use someone on the opposite end of Garrett, who is a beast, a monster, looking like he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Uh, they could still use a guy on the opposite end of him. Uh, so I think if, if one of the top edge rushers is still there for them at 26, I think they go that route. I don't really think that they need to go offense at any position, really. So uh, I think the best edge rusher available is where Cleveland goes. Or maybe if one of those playmaking linebackers slips a little bit, I could see him going in that direction. Uh, I just think they're, they're going to look for another difference maker on defense and really try to you know hammer that pass rush home. All right, uh, Baltimore Ravens. I have the Ravens selecting the best offensive lineman available. Uh, we disagree here. The Ravens can't seem to take a, or can't seem to attract a wide receiver over there that's you know a true number one guy. I know that you don't agree with this pick, but I think that the Ravens go with the best pass catcher available if one of the top five ish guys are available. You know, I don't see them reaching for a receiver here. Uh, but if, yeah. if there's a guy there, I see him going wide receiver. Just because they can't seem to sign one. you got to bring one in by force then. Uh, here's the thing. You've already done that. And the reason why the Ravens didn't sign one, and it's just always been their problem, you do have to overpay for a wide receiver. You do. It's always been that way. That's why the Ravens don't typically sign one. Because we go, this is the fair value we think you're worth. We'll go a little over that. Players go, no, it's not enough. I'll go back to an offense that's going to give me more stats. I don't. I, I, I totally get that. I get the player's perspective. I'm going to go for more money in a one-year deal and then look to explore. Someone like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who it happened to, you understand that the salary cap dropped like $20 million, which means that if you sign anything this year, you're going to get less. You just are. Next year, it's expected to bounce all the way back. If it bounces all the way back and then continues on where its growth was, it'll go up by a considerable amount, maybe $35 million. You re-enter the the offseason then, and you're going to get a much, much bigger pool of money because everyone slotted their books to line up with this year's salary cap. So I totally get it. The Baltimore Ravens are not a team that a lot of wide receivers want to go to. A lot of wide receivers are divas, and they don't want to put winning above the team. That happens. I agree that people should get their money. I think there's a balance. The Ravens refuse to overplay for the position. It's a position that you typically have to overpay for. 
I don't think there's any correlation between having a good wide receiver and being in the Super Bowl or winning it. So uh, I am a I am a old school football person in the way that when you build your team, you build your offensive line, you build your defensive line. The rest can take care of itself. If your offensive line is full of great players, your defensive line is full of great players, you are going to be competitive in every single game no matter who you match up with. The Ravens trade their right tackle, which is perfectly fine with me. We have an all-pro at left tackle. We bring in an all-pro guard. We have a guy who can flop in from left guard to play center if we need to. I need the best offensive lineman on this board that's available. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens do go in that direction after trading Orlando Brown. Is that right? Orlando Brown? Yep, Orlando Brown, Zeus Yeah, Jr. okay, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go with the best tackle available. I feel like in our scenario here, we've we've named a lot of tackles here for these teams, and so I don't know if there's going to be a great tackle available at the end of the first. I'm going to make my prediction based on absolutely nothing that the Ravens will select. Yeah. I'm going to call a name here for you. Terrace Marshall right. Jr., wide receiver from LSU. He's 6'4", 200 pounds. Yep. Uh, I'm just making a prediction that he will be the selection here for the Ravens if they stick and pick. All right. Uh, getting through the final bit of this draft as we've been lingering. Uh, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, <laughs> here's a funny thing with New Orleans. You're kind of good everywhere except you're good. I really think they need new linebackers. I think they need faster linebackers that can cover people. Um, I think you they need wider the linebacker because I don't see the safeties being on the board that they need from other teams. So I think they're going to go linebacker. I have them here as going either linebacker or edge rusher. Uh, I just think that you know okay. they they need uh, playmakers on defense. Uh, you would love to get a quarterback. I, I don't know. It, uh, does New Orleans have a history of trading in the draft? Because they're a team that I think needs to move up and go get a quarterback if you can. Do you really want to go into a season with Jameis and Taysom Hill? I think you're going to have to. I, I don't think you have enough ammo and you don't have the cap room to really do anything else. You need some of your – you just pushed for the Super Bowl run for a couple years in a row. You kind of need that to peter off a little bit, so I don't see them having the capability of making that jump. Yeah, I think they go playmaker on defense, whether it be in, in the edge or in the middle of the field. Um, all right, next up, as we whittle to the bottom here, we have the Green Bay Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers just straight up take best available. Um, if I'm them, I may want to go invest more in my O-line or my D-line, uh, but I, I, I could see them going best available. On, I really think it's, sorry, I think it's going to be best available on offense, and I think that could come down to a tight end or another wide receiver. They struggled at times when Adams went out. If that's available, I think they're going there. They could also be looking to trade back and accumulate more picks at this point. Wide receiver is who I was looking at for Green Bay. I just think at a certain point, you got to give Rodgers something other than Adams. Uh, you know, they've had uh, MVS, they've had Alan Lazard and these guys, and, and that's fine. You know, it's cool to see Aaron Rodgers work with what he has. But I think at, at a certain point, you have to go get him another guy opposite of Devontae because eventually, you know, when you get to the playoffs, teams are going to start keying in on him. And I just think, does Rodgers not deserve more help at this point? You know, like, <laughs> give Rod, throw him a bone, man. Like, let him get best receiver available. I say this draft, they yeah. throw him a bone. They tried him last year. I say this year, they don't try him. They go get a young stud receiver if one is available. If there aren't any you know, top wide receiver options available, then I think that they go defense, uh, maybe corner, maybe uh, edge rusher. 
All right. Um, last couple here. We have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I believe the Buffalo Bills uh, will take an interior defensive lineman. This is actually where I thought Najee Harris would go. I think that. Oh, okay. That's a I good one. I think Najee Harris lasts until the end of the first round, but I think Buffalo with Najee Harris, I think that could get real interesting, especially in the winter months. You know, have a similar effect that Derrick Henry has in Tennessee, where you start getting to October, November, December. These guys don't want to tackle you. They definitely don't want to tackle Josh Allen and Najee Harris. Uh, so uh, if Najee Harris is there at the end of the first, I think that Buffalo would be crazy not to select him because I don't think that they have any massive holes on their roster that they have to address. No. All right, Baltimore Ravens pick the 31st. Guess what they're doing here? I want them to take the next best offensive <laughs> So I know that'll piss everybody off, but I, I, that's what I'm doing with my two picks. I want to come into the football next year with the best offensive line anchored by a left an all-pro left tackle um, anchored by a all-pro guard and then filling that in with two studs from this draft. I actually have the Ravens using this pick to pick the best offensive lineman available, so we're aligned there. I uh, definitely think they're going to oh. take a, a lineman in the first round. I just think that that lineman will be paired with a pass catcher. All right. Uh, last person on the list is the Tampa Bay Bucks. I have them taking the best cornerback available. Bucks are another team that don't have any glaring needs. They're coming back from a Super Bowl and returning every single starter. So I think that they're going to take the best defensive player that's available on the board. Uh, if there's a playmaking linebacker that they could, you know, plan for the future with, uh, to put next to Devin White, I think that they would take advantage of that because Levante David's getting a little up there in age. Um, so whoever the best playmaker on defense is, uh, I think that's where the Bucks go. They don't need any help on offense. All right. Uh, that does it for a 32 quick mock. Uh, before we get out of here, you had some top shot news. I do have some top shot news. So for the first time, I finally was able to get my hands on some packs. Um, and I, I haven't really gotten anything that's too crazy. I've you know, gotten some Drew Holiday. Uh, you know, I've gotten... Justin, I, I damn near got the whole Holiday family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, some Westbrook. I haven't gotten anything that's too, yeah. you know, newsworthy. But I was just yeah. excited. I've gotten my hands on two packs now. So we'll see if I get a third today. Nice. But I finally got on the board after striking out like 12 times. Yeah, I did get on. I've gotten on the board a couple times. I have struck out a fucking lot. I do pay close attention to try to get in every one of them. Um, I don't really like their whole way they're doing this, but whatever. You know, I'm stuck doing it. Uh, I think that about wraps it up for us. Oh, I do have one thing. I want to revisit something as we close down the NBA here. On 2-2, we had a podcast and we made some predictions. Uh, we, we sided on different sides of the fence here, but we had a hot take oh, on this. Oh, man, I'm so nervous. We came down to um, Memphis, and... Uh, we basically are split. I said that Memphis will stay down, will fade down the stretch. You said that Memphis was here to stay. Uh, so we're actually going to come down to the literal wire on that with them in the play-in game. But we made a bold prediction that Dallas would not be a top eight seed minus the play-in game. And we are kind of close to getting that they're the sixth seed right now holding on by a game and a half so just something to hey, watch with kp out you know. here hey 
It might be uh, our time to shine. I don't want to. I don't want to wish Dallas ill will is, on Dallas, yeah. but they, they, it was the KP injury. The Luca was getting MVP talk, and I think we had just had enough of it. So uh, I've still had enough we'll of Dallas, see, to be honest. Yeah. You know, until they I'm do it, I'm done with them. them. Yep. Same here. Okay, so that wraps it up for us. We're going to get out of here. We'll come back next week to wrap up that uh, what we did in the NFL. We'll give another preview on the NBA coming up, and then I think we're going to be kind of holding steady a week after that. We're going to be looking at the nitty-gritty nut crunching time in the NBA. So remember, rate, subscribe, review. You can find me at Pick and Play 37 online. You can find Leo at Pick and Scroll. Uh, we are going to be coming out with a bunch of new topics and new pods throughout the summer. As things start heating up, we will too. Everyone out there, stay safe. Get your fucking vaccines. Peace.